Hey guys, I'm being sponsored by Anchor. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it could be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Guys, I use it. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. everybody we're back at it again attack the attack 360 podcast all right so today's subject is going to be about canine protection now just to give you a little heads up if you know you know someone who has uh, any type of canine uh, that needs some training I'm talking to mr. Rick James from uh, Spartan canine Academy okay go for it Jay hey how's it going everybody Jerry, thank you so much for this opportunity to be on here with you. Uh, oh, thank you, man. I really I'm appreciate looking, it. I've been looking forward to this. Um, a little bit about the company. I started this back in Germany, uh, my business. Uh, so it's always been very private, uh, and I kept it low-key for a very long time uh, and, and designed my clientele uh, to be very limited. Uh, but as I said, I started this in Germany in 2013, I want to say. Uh-huh. Uh, working with dogs there. So what, um, like, what got you in, like, okay, so you started in Germany. So, like, were you in the military? Is that what got yep. you in canine? So, I, uh, I, yes, I was in the Army from 2001, 2012. Oh, wow. Uh, I was actually in basic during 9-11 when it happened. Oh, wow. Um, I ended up being, uh, I went military police with every intention of going canine at some point. Okay. This is back in the day when you had to apply to go to canine school through your current unit, but you had to be in the military for a certain amount of period uh-huh. of time. As of 2000, October 2012, they, we changed all that, and people can go straight from the streets, skip military police, and go straight to canine. Wow. So they, they can become handlers. I'm not a huge fan of that, that, uh, <laughs> that path. Because they don't have any time to learn to be soldiers first. Right. And have more proper training, right? Gotcha. But aside from that, 2000, 2005, I was stationed in Virginia. I was getting ready to re-enlist for the first time. Uh, my wife, my then wife, was pregnant with our son. Uh, uh, or no, actually he was already born. He was born in 04. So uh, we had our son and I re-enlisted for us to move back to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I wanted canine school in route. And luckily, where I was stationed at and who I was stationed with, they had a lot of expendable income. Oh, wow. Uh, and money for whatever. So uh-huh. they were like, whatever you want to reenlist, we'll give it to you. Oh, wow. Which, if anybody that's listening that's been in the military that's gone through <laughs> reenlistment knows that it's unheard of. It is. 
especially when you get everything that you actually asked for. Mm-hmm. $20,000 bonus, duty station of choice, school of choice. Wow. The, the Holy Trinity, which never happens. <laughs> You'll be lucky if they're like, we'll give you 10 grand. Yeah. You know, for another five years. How about that? <laughs> I got mine for another three. Wow. So, uh, went to K9 school, October 2005. Uh-huh. So, which is here at Lackland Air okay. Force Base here okay. in San Antonio, Texas. So, being obviously being from here in San Antonio, is I was able to uh, live at home, right? Be with my family, uh, and I didn't have to stay in the barracks or in a hotel with That's everybody a good thing. else on base. It is, <laughs> of course, the first sergeant at the time was like, if you're late once, you're in the hotel. Oh, so wow. I had to make sure I was always on time. Right. Um, but canine school was a lot. It was a blast. But I, as I said, I joined the military with every intention of going canine at some point. So why is that? Why is it that you wanted to go into canine? I've always loved the idea of having a dog as a partner. Really? I've always loved the idea. So I've as a kid, it. you really like, as a, as a child and as a teenager and whatever, you always wanted to have that canine experience, right? In some form or fashion. I didn't know I was going to go to the military to do it. I always knew that I was interested in it. I saw people that, you know, I saw canine officers and I'm like, this is so cool. They get to have a dog and do these things. Right. And get to work with just an animal. They don't have to deal with anybody else. Anybody else. No, no partners, right? <laughs> so besides that one. And the more I looked into it, the more I learned about it, the more excited I got, more determined I got. Um, I wanted to go through a special forces assessment selection. Uh-huh. And when I found out that I was, they were going to give me canine school, I put it on. I cut it out you because I did not know at the time that SF actually had right. dog handlers as well. Oh wow! But I did know that we deployed canine deploys with special operations, right? Which is you know just as cool, right? Without all the extra hard work. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that in '05. Uh, I was going back to Germany, and somebody screwed up somewhere because what ended up happening is that I went to a line unit instead of a canine unit. So I went back to being regular military police. Ah. I was an NCO. I didn't have what we call the uh, our NCOER. I didn't have leadership time. And they put me in a unit that was getting ready to deploy. And I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to argue. I'm just going to deploy because now I'm an assistant squad leader, eventually going to be squad leader. Right. I need this leadership time. I need this on my NCOER. And I'll get to a canine unit after this duty station is mm-hmm, over with. Mm-hmm. Which I did. Got back from my duty, got back from our deployment, 15 months. Um, we discussed some of the people that we know. Right. Uh, and we were all there together. Uh, from June, July 2006 to September 2007. Uh-huh. So I missed two two of my son's birthdays during oh, that time. Yeah. His second and his third. Yeah. Um, did 15-month deployment. You know, went through all that. Came back. They said, well, are you going to re-enlist? And I said, yeah, but this time I'm going to a canine unit. Canine. You made yeah. sure. I went K9. I need to go. I'm going nine. to a kennels. I'm going to a kennels. <laughs> That's it. I'm not going to a unit. I'm going to a kennels right. that is attached to the unit, all right? <laughs> and they said, well, where do you want to go? I said, I want to stay here in Germany because my son, my, my wife at the time is German. Uh-huh. My son's German-American. And I said, I want to be with them. Right. So I want to go back to Stuttgart. 554th MP Company. Went to the kennels there. Finally got what I asked for. Nice. Um, and did three more deployments out of there. Mm-hmm. Did one uh, to Iraq, did another to Iraq. My third deployment was my first to Afghanistan. We got medevaced back. My dog went down as soon as we landed back in Germany. 
went to K-Town, uh, Kaiser Slaughter, and had to put my dog down. Oh, she was pumping yeah. blood out of her heart into her abdomen, um, and nobody caught it. And I think it was the, the initial flight where it ruptured. Oh, okay. Uh, Damn, man. And then waited three months. Three months later, I had a new dog certified with this new green dog. We did a, what we call a turn and burn. Flew into San Antonio, went to Lackland, got the dog, got back on the plane, yeah. went back to Germany. Wow. Trained with this dog for another month, and then redeployed again. Wow. And then the dog, you know, at that time, he, was just, he wasn't having it. He wasn't getting acclimated to the heat or having issues. He wasn't picking up some of the new odors, uh, right. like uh, S, uh, uh, HME, homemade explosives. Oh, wow. Which is very different compounds right. compared to C4 deck cord water gel. Um, and nitrates and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, damn. Uh, smokeless powder, which is gunpowder, right? Right. So uh, that's how I got into transitioning from the military side to the civilian side. Waited a couple of years. I was still living in Germany. 2015, I came back to Texas. Uh huh. I went through a course on uh, the civilian side to get civilian trainer certifications. Right. As a uh, behaviorist and uh, working on helping dogs with behavior modification. Okay. Okay, so dogs that dogs that like to, you know, have leash aggression or vacuum aggression, they get scared of the vacuum. They get scared of, yeah. I go in and I help fix that. Right, right. Uh, as well as regular pet training. So, you know, you have different levels. You have your beginners, your basics, intermediate, advanced. Right. Uh, and then anything, anything specialty. So people that want, you know, they got a short-haired uh, German pointer that they need for bird hunting. Right. Go help them. All right, let's go and train your dog for bird hunting. Wow. Protection. Protection. Which we're going to get into. Right. Um, having a dog at home that can help protect the home. But in service dogs as well. Mm-hmm. But what people don't know is that it doesn't matter what the breed is. If you normally see these breeds that uh, are doing this type of work, just because it's a breed, not every right. dog in the litter can do the job. Right. Okay. Um, just because my dad's a neuroscientist or a ne- you know neurologist doesn't mean that I'm going to end up being one. <laughs> I may not be that smart. All right. That's I hear you. No, I hear you. So people are like, "Well, my dog's really nice. It can be a service dog." And, and I look at the dog. Oh. You know, I go and I do assessments, and the dog is barking at other animals. It's it's showing. It's not neutral. Right. Not not really going to fit the criteria. Well, my dog likes to bark at things when they walk, or at people when they walk past my house. Okay. Doesn't mean that your dog can do protection. Right. You know, the moment that I show a bit of aggression or a bit of intensity with the dog, they might back down. Right. This just could be a barrier frustration because they're looking through a window. Right. Or through a fence. But if you've ever seen dogs that are barking through a fence and they look like they're going to kill each other, open the fence and all of a sudden they're cool. Yeah. It's just a barrier. It's just a barrier. That's it. <laughs> That's all it is. So people, my a lot, a lot of what I do, a lot of what I do is education. Okay. Helping people as well figure out what animal is best for them to adopt for their uh, their living conditions and their environment and the type of lifestyle that they live. Right. Well, uh, see, and that's good too because uh, especially when it comes to canine canine protection, you know, everyone, and especially after. You know, when they saw that John Wick, you know, John Wick 3, and you got the, the Belgian... Uh, Malinois. Yeah. Yes. And those dogs were freaking awesome. I'm not going to lie, bro. That was the whole reason why I got the Shepherds. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what? I want the Shepherds. I want to get them trained. But the thing is, I'm not going to have them to our, like that standard. 
But I still want them to that when I say, hey, we're going to go for a ride, they get in the truck and we go and they're there with me, you know? Yep. So I understand. <laughs> and yes, I picked my shepherds because of the damn movie. But it was for a good cause. Yeah. Look at what we talk about. So anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go for it. No, 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 no. You're good. No, because I get a lot of that. Yeah. I get a, I get a lot of that. So back when 101 Dalmatians first came out back in, what, the 30s? 40s, yeah. There was the Dalmatian effect. Okay. Pe- uh, people saw these beautiful dogs, saw how nice they were in the right. movie, in a cartoon, and then they went and got them, and then they realized, oh, crap, this breed is can be kind of temperamental. Right. Or it's too much for me. And then... They ended up in shelters or they ended up on the streets. Okay. And there was just an abundance everywhere of Dalmatians. Wow. So, movies like, uh, you know, other movies, there's military movies uh, that were based on true stories about the canine world. Right. Uh, uh, with uh, Miss Levy, who was canine the same time I was, mm-hmm. and helped us, she helped navigate and get, uh, get to the point where we can adopt our dogs when they're going to retire. Okay. And we get first dibs. Instead oh, wow. of them just... Just randomly going somewhere, going somewhere else. Yeah. So, we had the Malinois effect. People were like, I want these Malinois. Of course, John Wick comes out, mm-hmm. and they see these dogs that are extremely trained. I can tell you now, easily, those dogs each are worth fifty, sixty thousand dollars 60000 Damn. And I'm not... Uh, that's not an exaggeration. Right. Um, everything you see that what they're doing playing dead, playing like they got shot. Right. You know, to the attacks and the aggression and right. and bounding from ledge to ledge. Right. That's a lot of work. It is a lot that's of work. Hours and months and I went I would even suggest to say that it's probably a couple of years of work. Service dogs alone, it's not cookie cutter. That's right. A, that's a year or two of work that goes into it. Right. So I see people that are like, oh I want the I want this breed. And I'm like, okay. If you've never handled this breed or anything remotely close to it, you do not. You can't handle this. Right. They are literally Malinois are bred for tearing things up, aggression, chewing, detection. They are meant for protection. That's gotcha. what they were bred for. Okay. Now, yes, they are a herding breed, but they protect the flock. They protect the family. They protect anything that you tell them to. Right. They're not only smart; they're intelligent. Someone can be very smart. They can't be intelligent. Someone right. can be very intelligent can't be very smart. These dogs will figure it out, whatever the issue is, over, under, through. They will they will figure out the problem, and they will execute it, and they, wow. will, they will solve it. Um, I have one. He's about 75 pounds. He's oh, yeah. a big boy. I just got him. Um, really smart and intelligent. He's quiet, calm, but he's the opposite of what you see this breed typically is. He is like... he's. He's so calm. People are like, "Is he really fully a Malinois?" And I'm like, hey. I, "I honestly, I don't think so." But because he's just, he loves every other animal. His prey drive is only there when you when you when admit, you command when you, it when you command it. Okay. So you know, there's a, he's got, he's friendly with everything and everyone. I whistle both my dogs. I whistle, they come running back to me. All right, I give I I, I give them nonverbal. Hand and arm signal, nonverbal commands. Uh-huh. They execute, um, but I do this for a reason, and, right? And we'll go into that later on. Later yeah. on, um, but these things are important to have, and it's important to in the it, as soon as you get your new pet, start looking for a trainer, right? Um, and and that's that's another thing. How do you look for a trainer? Because you know, I see I see some here in San Antonio, 
Okay, and I'm not trying to not. And I'm yes, we're here located in San Antonio. I mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, but you know, you look on, you look there uh, online, and then you got some schools that are okay, and then you got some schools that are further out, like in in the uh, San Marcos area or the Austin area, but they. Or Bernie area, and they want you to go and drop off the dog, and then the, they train the dog, and then after that, then a month, then they, they train you. But then again, it's like those schools don't have the like good ratings. So how do you pick a good school to help train your dog and yourself to train your dog? So I'm glad you I'm glad you said that and you asked that question. Um, I got a buddy of mine that just released a book right now. It's pending by Amazon. Awesome. Um, he just finished publishing it. It's his fourth one. Um, and it's to help the basic pet owner how to pick and find the right trainer and the right questions to ask. So there it is. There it lies right there. Right. Knowing the right things to ask. What kind of training method do you use? What kind of equipment are you going to use? Are you positive or negative reinforcement? You know, strictly. Um, now, just like handlers, trainers are the same way. The only time two out of three trainer or handlers are uh, are going to agree mm-hmm. is when they're both criticizing that third one. That's the only time they're going to agree on something. Oh, look, <laughs> look at that guy, man. He's all ate up. Yeah, I know. But then when they come back and I go out, they're going to talk crap about me. Exactly. Okay? Because everybody has their own way. Now, is there a science to this? Yes. Right? Understanding the animal and understanding how to uh, read their behavior and how to communicate with them. Okay. We got to learn how to communicate with our animals. Right. Well, in comes well, you know, asking the right questions with a trainer. Right. I ask people, like when they when people hire me to contract through their company. Right. Uh, first thing I'll ask them, all right, what's your ideal training method? They're like, well, treat positive reinforcement or clicker. Okay, I can do that. Too easy. Right. So we're not using any kind of correction collar, which means a choke chain, a slip leash, um, uh, martingales, or, or a gentle leader, which goes over the dog's muzzle. Uh-huh. Mouth, right? Um, and sometimes they'll say, no, no, we can use some of that, but no e-collars, no prong collars. Okay. Now, what I, what I try to educate people on is that e-collars are not shocking the dog. There's no spark that burns the dog, right? Okay. If anybody's ever used uh, Easton, those pads you put on your muscles yes. to massage, right? It right. uses electrical stimulation. Right. It's exactly what an e-collar does. So the, the shock collar, basically what an e-collar is, is that's what it's doing. It's just stimulating the muscle. Stimulating the muscle. Because you ever turned one of those those E-stems up really high on your yeah. muscles and your muscles you just the siege? Up? Yeah. Okay. That's exactly what that does, except... Uh-huh. What do we do? We find our comfort zone that right. we can tolerate. Well, that's what I do with an, what we do with an e-collar is that we're looking at the comfort zone for the dog. I'm not trying to hurt the dog. This is not a tool right. to hurt them. I can use a flatline collar, and it can be just as detrimental if I'm not using it properly, right. like an e-collar or a prong collar. Anything can be used as a negative. I don't care what piece of equipment it is. I can use a harness as a negative. Okay. Okay. People don't understand this. They just see prongs coming out of a collar and like oh that's evil this right. is like a torture device or they hear e-collar and they're like oh it's a shock collar well no because it's not like your old tasers where you have energy right coming from creating, each prong yeah. and creating a spark that's not what this that's does that's not what it is okay that's not what it does so this is what i like to i i, I get people to sign up for these classes some and m- 
most of the time, actually a lot of the time, I just do it for free. Come in, if you want to leave a tip, great, fine, whatever. Right. I'm not asking for anything, but I would rather educate people for free uh-huh. and teach them and show them <clears throat> that these pieces of equipment that they're so afraid of are not actually to be afraid of. I put, I'll wear shorts okay. and I'll put a prong collar around my thigh uh-huh. and I'll pull on that thing. Like, look, <laughs> it doesn't do anything. And the dog's neck is tougher than my than my thigh. Right. Like, this is the closest thing that I could use that's going to be equivalent to a dog's neck. Okay. And I'm showing them, look, no right. damage. And I'm not, now, if I'm pulling up on it and I'm pulling their legs off the ground, yeah, that's going to it's gonna freaking hurt them. And right. That's, that's negative. And that's not how this equipment is supposed to be used. Right. Same thing with the slip lead. I'm not going to pick a dog, dog up off the ground. Now, have I seen this before? Yeah. Especially on the military side, when we're training these dogs to look for explosives and to not paw at them and to get off a bite. Right. Yes, I've seen this. Um, I, I won't say which branch or who, right. I've, where I've seen this at, but I've seen it with working dogs where, but it's it's a liability thing because I tell my dog to out and I'm in law enforcement of right. any kind and that dog doesn't do it, that's a liability. I could get arrested. I could go to jail for that right. because my piece of equipment failed because I'm not keeping up with the training and they didn't come off that bite and they tore someone up or they even killed them. Right. You know, um, if it's a, if it's a terrorist, I'm not really complaining. <laughs> I've taken, I, I've taken my time calling my dog out, you know, whatever. I mean, shouldn't have run. Should have run. Exactly. Um, but if I'm doing training bite work, obviously I'm not going to, I'm not going to take my time. And especially if it's someone on base, you know, which right. luckily I've never had to release my dog on another soldier or another military member of right. any kind, civilian or anything. Uh, I've only had to release them on bad guys downrange. That's awesome. Um, oh, dude, it, it's so cool. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. If people say, oh, I don't like talking about when I was in combat, sometimes they don't. I get it. I'm like, dude, I had a blast. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, I mean, because you get to do so many cool things. You know? Right. I, I get to, you know, I've gotten to, I've gotten to uh, work for some very high-profile people, people that were in the White House at the time. Um, I've gotten to uh, help out with certain missions that were just so much fun to do and do these certain TDYs, uh, TDYs, uh, temporary duties. So I go just on a mission to another country or whatever uh-huh. it is. Um, and, of course, deploying. You know, I mean, and you get to meet a lot of cool people yeah, and celebrities when you're doing these jobs. Um so that's that's you so I bet you I'm sure you met quite a few celebrities. I'm sure you you traveled a lot because of being a dog handler. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um you become your own boss. Imagine being and as I was explaining to her earlier before we started. Right. Canine became its own mission oriented specialty, right? It came it became its own job. Okay. Like engineers and military police. Right. Back in 2013. And the reason that I don't like that people can come off the streets and go directly in there is because now I got some 17, 18 year old kid going directly, going directly into being canine. But in canine, you're your own boss. You manage everything. Yes, you have a kennel master. Yes, you do have leadership that you have to, you have to answer to. Right. But when it comes down to it, hey, Excuse you got a deployment coming up. I need you to get on. Uh, I need you to get on the computer. I need you to set up your travel get all your paperwork together, make sure your weapons quals are ready to go and your PT test your PT test is all up to st- up to date and mm-hmm. standard. Um, I need you to start preparing for recertification before you leave. So 
training. You need to come in on the weekends and work with your dog until everything is ready to go. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah. Just an hour or two. So you're responsible for a lot of things on your own. Mm-hmm. Now, the regular army, I have someone that tells me, 18-year-old Rivera, Private Rivera, hey, be here, do this at this date, time, and blah, blah, blah. Get on the computer, do this. Okay? Now I got to expect this kid to just execute and not be hovered above because we don't have time for that. Right. When we deploy, we deploy as individuals with right. our dog, not as a unit like regular units. I'm expected to, all right, my uh, my plane ticket's ready to go. My orders are all set up. I've got uh, I got a date to go and do weapons call with this other unit because they're going pretty soon because my unit's not going anytime soon. Um, I got the range ready. I already know what range I'm going to use. And I got my P, uh, we'll do my PT test on this day and get it taken care of. Right. You're going to tell me I'm going to have some 17, 18 year old kid that's going to be ready to do all of that? No, he's not. You know, I mean, I don't know how I was when I first joined. And I'm not going to say I was the best. You know, I had a mouth, I had attitude. I, you know, I thought I knew everything. I didn't know shit. Shit. At all. That's every teenager. Um, what are you talking about, man? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I had my, my brother was a ranger. My dad was a Vietnam Navy SEAL. Oh, wow. His brother as well. You know, I grew up in military households. Um, but yeah, I, me doing that job at that age, you know, I, it's, I, you it, have it, to grow up really quick. You do. You do. That's a and, lot of responsibility. And, and, and this is where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change subject here for a minute. Yeah. My, uh, my, uncle, my grandfather was uh, Air Force. He retired Air Force. My father was retired military, Army. And then at the same time, when I got out of high school, my plan was to get into the military. Mm-hmm. But because of my attitude and my my lack of authority, yeah. I didn't go that route. You know what I mean? It took me, I want to say, twenty, almost twenty years to finally grow up, and then and then understand certain things, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and I have to say that martial arts played a big part in that. So when I when I was training and, and doing all the mixed martial arts and doing judo and doing all this stuff, that's where I, I felt like I kind of matured to a certain degree. And of course, that was still in my my 20s, 30s. Right. And it wasn't until like now in my 40s to where I finally said, you know what? No, I, I can't be doing this. Yeah, I can't be acting like this fool. And still have respect to do all this other stuff, right? I have to have full respect all the way around. And discipline. And discipline. That's, a, that's a huge discipline. It's, it is. Martial arts, that's, I mean, it takes a lot of discipline. It does. Uh, I think it takes a lot more than than most, I don't, I don't want to categorize it wrong, but I guess sport activities or any kind of. No, you're right. I mean, it's, there's a lot of discipline in baseball, football, and all that, but this is putting your body to the test, not just, you know, working on a swing or working on a shot. This is literally something that well number one is going to save your life right um but it is putting a lot it's on every lot joint yes and, and muscle in you <laughs> um i mean i've done you know uh, uh unarmed self-defense uh we do it in the military right and we actually i remember when i went to basic in august 01 they started using, uh, they started teaching and training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, nice. Um, for unarmed self-defense. Right. Because it's quick, fast, eliminate the threat, and move on. Move on. It, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we did a lot of stuff. Now, were we going 
you know, all these different levels and belts. No, it was just the basics. It was just the basics. Yeah. Because uh, even the Marines have that too. They exactly. have their Marine, mar, uh, Marine martial arts. Yep. And there's a lot of. But theirs is more intensive than ours. Exactly. Than the Army. It's more intensive. And, and it's. I, I've done it with some Marines. That shit's tough. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> so. But yeah, the. Um, I, I love all that stuff. But the fact that I can use an animal. Is better. Well, yeah. It's better because then. I can, now you, I got I two this, on one. And, exactly. But. You know, it comes down to, will I release my dog with someone that has an edged weapon or a, wep- a gun? Yes. I need to figure out, and, and we do. We think about these things as canine handlers when we're training. Right. This person has a gun. You're going to release your dog? Well, I got my gun. I'm just going to shoot him because he, he's, he's an active threat, so right. I, I don't need to release my dog. Right? Now, if he has a baseball bat or an asp, baton or whatever right 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 I'm like fuck yeah get him get him and then I'm gonna freaking I pull out my ass I'm gonna meet the threat with the same level right but I'm also jumping a level because I'm using my dog right it's a level of force that that you have to figure out and in the military it's really big use the appropriate amount of level of force always go one step higher but not two and not, not two. down one not gotcha. down one so if they have a gun use your gun and put them down they have a knife you use your baton or your or your gun, right? Depending on how close they are, right? Right. Um, everybody talks about about the twenty one foot rule. That is the yeah. That's, that's just the, dumb. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it is. It is. It's it is. dumb because because you can make you can close that distance quick. Yes. So and it's the unofficial written rule for law enforcement and for you know for fighting. I think it's probably a little bit more official when you're when you're doing what you do. Right. Um, but if d- someone has a gun, if someone has a knife. I'm just gonna and if I have my gun pull it out yeah it's yeah. like you never take a, a knife to a gunfight it's just completely stupid exactly. right but at the same time too you have to understand that and we're talking to some people that say oh yeah i, I go shooting i shoot at the range mm-hmm. okay that's great that's fucking nice right but where's your weapon it's not in your holster mm-hmm. your weapon's on your counter your it's not loaded so you're what you're doing is that you're taking your time you're loading up your weapon Picking it up off the counter, you're pointing at your target and you shoot. Unless you practice quick draw, then I don't want to hear that, oh, I'm going to shoot my attacker. And also, but then on top of that, we got to think about what's... Bullets don't just stop inside the body. No, they go through. Okay, so what's on the other side of that, of that intended it target? Could be, it could be, it could a, be civilian, a civilian. It could Someone be, you know, whatever kid. it is. Yeah, a kid. So I got to be able to do numerous amount of things all at once. Number one, what caliber do I have? Let's say I got a 45. Okay. How close is that threat? All right. I shoot them. What's beyond the threat? Is there a gas tank? Because I'm at a gas station. Right. Is there a window? Is there other, there's other, there's innocent civilians right there. All right. And then you get people that talk about, well, shoot him in the leg. What do you think this is? This isn't a movie. This is not exactly. And I'm not, I'm shooting, I'm shooting center mass. Center mass. The biggest portion of the body. Exactly. That way I don't miss. And... When people say, well, when do you stop shooting? When the threat's no when longer a threat. So, so if I go through... Two, three, been, four bullets, I'm going to go through a whole mag. Through, if I go through a whole magazine... <laughs> it's going down. Yep, I, and I've, we've had to do that. I was, I remember I went out with Special Forces, and uh, I was actually at the ranch with them uh, back in Stuttgart, Germany. First and 10th SF group, Airborne. Great guys, great unit. I mean, just awesome. 
right? These guys were being. If you ever see the movie Thirteen Hours, yes, they show the special forces guys on the pla- on the on the helo getting ready to fly out, right? Waiting for the word. Well, that's first and tenth SF. Oh wow! When they're talking to Africom, uh huh, that's in Stuttgart. That's oh, yeah on Kelly Barracks, Africa Command. Uh huh. So I knew all the all the players that these people were portraying that were that were involved in all of that, that in Benghazi. Wow. Well, I went out to the range with them back when when I was still active duty, and they go, "When do you stop shooting?" And they go, "When your magazine's empty." Your magazine's you, empty. They go, "Your magazine's empty." When that threat is no longer moving, that's it. That's and it. I was like, okay. <laughs> and that's what we did. But when we were downrange, man, shoot, just boom, shoot, boom, boom, and boom, empty boom. out the mag, and, 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 and unload the mag. Unless you can actually physically see that they're no longer a threat. Uh huh. But until I know I got a headshot and I know they're completely out of the game, I'm not going to stop because exactly. I don't know. 5.56 five, or two, two, three rounds, 9 millimeter rounds, uh-huh. just because you shoot them numerous times doesn't mean they're going to they're gonna die right. and they're going to stop. I mean, what if he has a suicide vest and he can still clack off? Right. I need to think about these things, but I also need to think about what's on the other side of What's on threat. the other side of that person? And now throw in a moving target. Exactly. These people don't realize and they don't think about... Moving targets are right. very hard to hit. Hard to hit, right? Unless you're an expert shooter that can flip a coin in there, shoot a hole right through the center. I don't want to hear about exactly these opinions that you may have. Exactly, because you're not. I guarantee you. Well, what do you need thirty rounds for? Because I know I'm not an expert, and I know I can't hit my target <laughs> thirty consecutive times. I know I can't. I'm gonna right. miss. The target's not gonna stop moving. A threat is gonna. Is going to try to move, disengage, going to try and move and dodge and weave and, and get to behind. you, or whatever it is. Yep. Or they're going to they're going take to cover, sign, take cover, yeah. concealment of some sort. All right, I, I need a I need a full mag. Right. So uh, these arguments that people have, I'm just like, <laughs> well, if he has a knife, you can just shoot him in the leg. Oh, no, that's not, it, that's no, not how this works. That's not how it works can, at all. You don't know what they're on. You don't know what kind of adrenaline. Exactly. When, you're on, when your adrenaline hits. Even your, your body adrenaline. will keep going. Yeah. You will keep going. I mean, I've been shot. I got shot twice. Uh-huh. Got shot in the back. And uh, I I mean, I dropped, but I immediately got right back up. Because gasping you're, for air. Yeah. My adrenaline was going. I'm gasping for air. I felt like I was being suffocated, but I had to move. You still had to do your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and people were just like, well, they don't think about all of and, these variables and all these things. And that's another thing, too. They they often say, oh, how come you don't, they don't use your taser? Well, shit, I've been tased. You know what I mean? My my adrenaline has been up so high that the taser doesn't phase me. And if you, it's I mean it's easy. Just if you're easier if you're, to pull, if you're it yeah. pull it out, yeah, right out. I mean even if it, if it even if it's the hooks, exactly. I mean I've been I've been you know gone. To, I've had a, a I've had beer glasses, <laughs> beer steins broken over my head, and I've stayed on all twos and I fought back. Yeah. And if you've ever been if you've seen a beer stein, that's a quarter inch thick of glass all the way around, massive. And it's hard to break. Yes. You can drop them and you're not going to break. I've been knocked. I've got scars. <laughs> I've got bumps and scars all over yeah. my head. That's how I got this like one. I... I got this scar right there from a beer bottle. This one right here? <laughs> Shit, we're comparing scars. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're comparing <laughs> scars. I got, I, got, I got a lump right here. I got a full lump right here. This is from a beer glass. Came over and hit me. And I didn't, I didn't drop to my knees. I got a very hard head, I guess. But I didn't drop. My adrenaline kicked in and I stayed on all twos and I just grabbed him and we started going at it. Right, right. You know, I've had a guy try to stab me in the chest. I doing breaking up a fight. Luckily, I had my vest on. I had a second chance vest underneath my uniform. Right. I was on patrol, and guy came over, broke a bottle, reached over my neck, 
over my shoulder, stabbed me, uh, stabbed me with his right hand uh-huh. uh, over my right side into the chest. And I just looked down. I was like, crap. I was so surprised. I was like, crap. I just all I could do is I just used both my arms, grab, and grab, I, and, and, grab, and I just away. well, I or you did a throw. I, I flipped. Okay, and I went with him. Like I wasn't able oh, to okay. toss him completely, but I was like, fuck it. I said, we're both going together. Right. Flipped him. I fell on top of him. I pulled out my asp, my PR24, uh-huh. fiberglass extendable. Right. And I just, and Knocked I accidentally him. hit him in the collarbone, but uh, whatever. It okay. broke, so what? It don't uh, take much to break a collarbone. No, It only no, takes no. five pounds of pressure. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I think I probably put like 15 on that swing, <laughs> maybe more. But I wasn't intending to hit him there. He moved. Doesn't matter. It, well, it does in law enforcement. Does it? Because you have red zones, right? But you're neutralizing Growing the threat. neck, because you could possibly kill him. Ah. So you have to hit arms, body, legs, right? You don't want to hit the groin. You don't want to hit the neck. You don't want to hit the collarbone because you could break something and it could inadvertently puncture, puncture something and okay. kill him. So when you're being certified to use these this equipment, right? you're being hit with it. Uh-huh. Same thing with MACE, PR24. Right. We have to get hit with it in order to utilize it because we need to know what it's like. What it's like, exactly. Well, he moved. So... And I was already close to him. Coming down to coming the swing. Down, and coming down yeah. to the swing. Because I was hitting his shoulder. And but he, when he it came down, it hit him right in the collarbone. And I was like, well, I still, I pulled his arms behind his back. I arrested him. Took him down. And I was like, we'll get medical. And I was like, but, uh, well, let's get everybody else rounded up. And then we'll, we'll call, we'll call right. the ambulance. <laughs> like, We're going to take our time. I mean, he was in a lot of pain. I can only imagine. But I was like, you just tried to kill me. Right. You just tried to stab me, another soldier. I was like, you're, you're a soldier, man. Yeah, that's and just they, stupid. Yeah, so. That's stupid. And see, and like, I know we're going off subject. We are. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, this is really good conversation. Uh, that way people are still aware. You know, you know what I mean? So, we're doing uh, Filipino Kali, okay? Mm-hmm. And depending on who your instructor is or, or what you learn, okay? They teach that with the body, right? You look at the human body and I actually have it in my workout room. Uh, I drew it on my mirror. Because it's something for me to retain over and over and over again. So when I'm working with a stick or when I'm working with a knife or even if I'm doing empty hand, my strikes are temple, temple, collar, collar, ribs, ribs, knees, knees, ankles, ankles, groin, top of the head, stomach or right above the the belly button or solar plex. Yeah. And then jaw or throat. So when you're striking... Even if it's empty hand, I'm hitting vital areas. Yeah, because you're chopping them down, right? Exactly. I mean, that's essentially what that's you're basically doing. what you're doing. You're chopping them down and right, and, and bringing up the pain level on them. Exactly. Because I don't, I'm neutralizing my threat. Is exactly. what I'm doing. Completely I'm looking exactly. at soft areas and I'm popping them, right? Um, so it's funny awesome. because when you're saying that you hit when or when you said that you hit the collarbone and it was on accident, right? Yes. In was, my it mind, it was on accident. It was on accident. I, I, I think the statute of limitations has already run out maybe because <laughs> this is over like almost 15 years ago, but it was on know. accident. They don't know my last name. We're good. We're good. Yeah. They, We're don't, good. they don't have my last name. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, oh, shit, I think they do because I said it. <laughs> who knows? Whatever. Okay. But the thing is for me, in my mind, I'm already thinking, well, good because you hit or the areas you know what I mean yeah. you're hitting the area that needs to be hit because you're neutralizing your threat and that's the thing guys when you're doing self-protection or self-defense and you're you there's no time to really think about even if you're if you're not law enforcement okay you don't know the rules that you're supposed to do to 
arrest, arrest someone or even do a citizen's arrest. What you're doing is that you're breaking away, you're doing self-defense, and you're escaping that attack. As a civilian, perfectly... Ex uh, acceptable. Acceptable. It's fine. It's fine. But when you're in law enforcement, there are rules to there follow. There are rules and that's to what, follow. That's what we've been seeing a lot in the media. Right. right? And, and I don't agree with a lot of the stuff. Like... Well, we won't even get... That's a whole other That's a whole other topic. It is. It is. But I... Uh, I have to, I have to think about that, especially, you know, new dad, right? You know, I'm a young father, uh, not anymore. Shit, my son's, my son's turning seventeen in two months. <laughs> my son just turned seventeen. Did he? Oh yeah. man, yeah, he dude, just it goes by so quick. It does. My son turned seventeen <laughs> in September, and I'm like, I'm waiting to hear back from that little turd because I sent him some money <laughs> for his holiday for you his too. Vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not even a thanks, Dad. I don't know if his mom told him yet, so we'll see. But I don't even I, I hear from him. I just sent him some cash because he's going on. He's going on vacation. Uh, I think he's going. On, is he going with his friends to like Spain or something? Oh, that's cool, man. I don't know. So he's still in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still in Germany, man. Uh, he wants to move here. He actually loves Texas and he loves San Antonio. Yeah, but he wants to move here. But he's got a lot of great things going on that he's done for himself. And I'm very, I'm extremely proud of him. The kid is so smart. Cool. Um, and I want him to pursue that uh, before he decides to come out here. Before so, he comes back? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, good good but thing. He's, uh, he's applied himself and he's, like I said, extremely smart. He's the youngest in his grade. He started, he actually had to have a job interview to uh, start school early. Uh-huh. Because uh -huh. he was four when you have to be five years old. Oh, wow. But he was turning five two days into the school year. <laughs> so they were like, well, we're going to have to interview him. So he essentially had a school job interview right? where they were like, how much English do you know? Do you know your ABCs and your numbers? Can you read and write? And he was doing all this stuff and they're like, oh yeah, he can start. Then he can start. He's, he was already, at this time, he was speaking two languages, already working on a third. Wow. Uh, working on Spanish. Right. You know, so brilliant kid. Damn. Definitely more of his mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take a, a quick break, and then we're going to get into the canine protection. All right, guys? Yes. I know we've I know we ventured off uh, subject, yeah. but we're going to take a quick break real quick because uh, we've been chatting for about 40 minutes. Holy cow. And you know right? what? I like it. You know, this I is going to be a really good podcast. I really like this, this, this episode. Yeah. So, all right. We'll be right back, guys. All right. So we're back. Took a little break. Um, okay. So let's get down to it, right? Canine protection. Um, but let's start off with the basics. So just the basics. What are the basic commands when you have uh, a pup? So basics that you're gonna go over, laying foundation, right? Laying foundation, what that means is that we're gonna go over, well, laying down the foundation. Right. I'm teaching them to understand sit, down, come to me, stay, wait, so stay and wait, two different things. Right. Okay. Um, now, do you want to use stay and wait? Because it depends. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, I, I do everything in German for my dogs. Okay. Um, so it depends on the client, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to use, you know, a, some sort of different command, and I'll try to oblige them and, and do that for them. Right. But this is just the basics. So people understand. Uh, off, right? Uh, if people say that people get confused and tell their dogs down when they jump on them. I like to make it very plain and simple and differentiate. Off is get off of me. Right. Get off of the couch. Right. Get off the counter, down, whatever it is. Down is lay down. Got you. 
okay? I want you to lay down and stay there. Now, when you're training a dog, they should understand that when I tell them to do something that they should just stay there. But I like to do reinforcements. So I will say stay and teach them to stay. Because and some, some other handlers, some other trainers will say, well, you shouldn't, if you're telling a dog to sit, then they should know to stay sitting until they move. Until they move, right. And I, and I agree with that. Okay. But pet parents, other people, we're, we, right. we have to, let's break it down for them, Barney style, Sesame Street style, make it easy. Right. Let's make it easy, very clear, simple, black and white. That's it. Okay. Now, we have to teach the dogs the motions. Dogs do not understand words like we do. Right. So I could teach a dog to sit, but I could call it down. Okay. Right. Okay. So that I'm teaching sense. a motion I've... and a movement with a verbal command or a verbal cue, okay. depending on who you are and how you want to, how you want to explain it. So we're teaching that. Now, I'm not going to expect them to sit for two minutes. This right. is where you move into intermediate and advanced training. Okay. Um, and I get the dogs to understand. All right. We're gonna, now that we've built the foundation, now we're going to build more on top of it and we're gonna strengthen that. Okay. It's like learning a new skill set. Okay, I have an idea how to do it, I can do it, now I need to be better at it. Right. Dogs understand like humans. Uh, if you have, if you, people out there, if you have more than, just so I can explain this easier, if you have two kids, you can tell one kid very nicely, hey, go do this, but you have to step in the rear end of your other one and tell them, hey, go do this now. Exactly. Because that's how they understand and that's how, they, that's how they'll, they'll learn. Right. Well, dogs are the same way. I can get a dog that is super smart and I can say, all right, sit. Or I can lure them into a sit. And what luring is, is I'm holding a treat or a reward that they love in front of their face and bring it upwards above them so that, so their, that head is, sit. their head is forced to look up. Now, dogs can't look up directly. Uh-huh. When they do... The rear end follows and it goes down, and then I, I reward right there. All right, sit, click, reward. Right. Give them the. Give them so the you treat. use a clicker as well? I I do, depending on depending on what we're doing. Okay. Um, I do, but you know you're not always going to carry the clicker. You're not always going to carry the treat. Exactly. And that's where we move into intermediate advanced, where we start moving away from these techniques and these reward systems. And I teach them. Well, eventually you're going to get the reward, but you're not going to get it right now. Right now. Okay. Okay. So that's what the basics are. Gotcha. Um. We're not teaching them to look for odor uh, that will come down the road. I want my dog to understand that when I say come to me, you come to me. When I tell you to sit, you sit. When I tell you to lay down, you lay down easily. When I tell you to, whatever it is I taught you to do, you do it and you don't move until I tell you to. Right. That's it. Okay. So when you're doing sit, is there a, is, is there a specific hand gesture that follows the voice command? So it depends. Um, and I know this is a this is a, a radio show. People can't see me doing right, this. Right, right. But taking my hand palm up and just raising my hand upwards, doing uh, just doing this motion. Yeah. So right. like if you're I tossing don't... something behind your shoulder. Like you're tossing something behind your shoulder. Right. Yes. So and then for down the other way. The other way. I'm just okay. Palm facing downwards, and I'm just throwing my hand down. Okay. Um, kind of like if you were, or if you want, point down. Right. You know, pointing to the ground. Um. Now, once I have the dog to understand sit with just the verbal, right. now I'm going to imp I'm going to implement the non-verbal hand gestures, hand and arm signals, and I'm going to say, all right, sit, sit, and we're going to go over, over a whole over new it. technique, a new, a, a new, a new lesson. Okay. 
so that I get to the point where I don't have to say anything and I just do the hand motion and then they, and sit, then they sit or they go down or I tell them wait wait which is stay, just whatever. like when you uh, when you're telling someone stop with your hand exactly palm facing towards them stop all right so that's that's wait or stay okay depending right um, and then we add those in I, I add those in later okay um, now usually I try to do it all at the same time so if I'm teaching them sit I'm going all right sit so now I have two of them. Cause you're I doing go, the treat and then you're doing a hand I'm motion. I'm doing the hand motion. But I can also, my pinky and my thumb, or my pinky, my, my first finger Your and my pointer thumb, finger, yeah. my pointer finger and my thumb are connected together. And I tell my dog. So, yeah, so they're thinking they're, they're, treat. They're thinking, they're thinking treat and they're like, oh, I sit. Wow. So now I got two different hand signals. Right. For me, slapping my leg, my thigh uh-huh. on the left hand side or right hand side tells my dog to come and stand on that side next to me. Nice. So... And this is a perfect example. I was, uh, just the other day, someone rang my, door, my doorbell. Right. I looked at the peephole. No one was there. He didn't bark. Uh, so I went, I snapped my fingers lightly, got his attention, tapped my leg. He came he over. Came over. I gave him my hand signal for sit, told him to wait, and I popped the door open just a little bit. His head peeked out a little bit. There was nobody there. He was still sitting, didn't move. But if there had been a threat... He's ready to go. He's ready he's, to go. He's facing, the, he's at the doorway, he's at the opening. He can easily just grab him. Nice. Too easy. Right. Um, and I have all, both of my dogs to do that. Right. Uh, and that's how I, that's something I learned in the military. That's what we do with our dogs in the military. They're all, okay. we use hand and arm signal because we put our dogs out at a distance. We tell them, all right, we'll yell out, but we use a big hand and arm signal. Big hand signal. Sit down. Come to me, slap our leg, and they come over and they go into a proper heel. Oh, nice! Right next to us. Nice. And that's I've kept that uh, that uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Model. Okay. Of training. Those te- those basic techniques. You kept that standard. I kept that standard. Yes. Okay. Because I, I love it, and I, right. obviously, and I'm used to it after all these years. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because you don't want to change it. You're used to that while you were doing it so many years when you were learning. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And that's awesome. So I uh, and I do that with a lot of people's dogs now. Um, of course, I vet a lot of people because they're like, "Well, I want a protection dog," or you know, or this and that. And I'm like, well, I'm not really getting a good vibe. Right. I don't know if you're, you know, if you're that type of person that can handle it, or, yeah, or, or you're going to utilize it in a negative way. Right. Right. Um, you may have a short temper and then you have your dog with you and you tell him to bite someone Just that you're having a disagreement with. Exactly. I don't want that. I can't be held liable yeah, then, or yeah. connected to any of that. So I really don't do a lot of protection unless I know you very well. Like, right. You know, you and I, I don't know if it's, if we hit it off like right off the bat. <laughs> I'm very much willing to help you with that. Well, I appreciate and, that, man. Um, but I, I normally don't. I, I just, I tell people now, pet training or you know, if you want, if you want to teach them to look for food or for any toys or anything, right. you know, so they can go hunting, I'll do that for you. I've had people ask me if I could teach their dog to look for, look for marijuana <laughs> or to look for drugs, and I'm uh-huh. like, no. no, yeah, no, no, no. That's They're not gonna like, happen. Can you help me look for weapons? No, no. I number one, I'm not, I'm not legally able to do it. Okay. Because I'm not, I am not. Uh, and you have to certified be certified with, with the state, right, or county state, or whatever. And the government. Okay. I have to go. So if I want to teach dogs narcotics training, I have to go through the DEA and I have to get licensing through them. Oh, wow. And then be certified by them. ATF for explosives. Right. Well, I don't have those. And uh, 
I'm not going to have it anytime soon. So I've, I've had people ask me because they're like, well, you did it in the, in the military. But yeah. that's different. Yeah. That was in I the was, military. I was in the, I was working for the government. I exactly. The government. I was handling these dogs. I was being certified by a legitimate certifying official. Right. Can't do that. Can't do like, that no. in the civilian sector. And, no. and of course, I already know what they want it for. Right. You know, a lot of it, some of these people, I'm like, I know you deal drugs. No, no, not, not, not I, no. I, I can't be associated with that. Exactly. Um, but anything else? Definitely. Uh, I got a veteran right now in a wheelchair. Uh-huh. I'm going to go and do an assessment of his dog. And uh, he, if his dog fits the criteria and can do it, uh-huh. then I'm going to do a free service dog training for him and nice. until the very end. So and, you do service dog training? Yes, I do. Awesome. Yep. Because, and I, I really can't say <laughs> I can't say where I work at, right? Yeah. But because of a lot of vets that I'm around, yep. they have service dogs. Mm-hmm. And like the dog that actually that my coworker is going to give you that right that you know he's going to drop off and we're, you know you you took in, which is thank you very much. Yeah, no, um, I'm happy to, especially because you said what size it was. It was fully grown. I'm yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if it's fully grown. I just know you that said he was, was like a year old, right? But a year, year and a half old. But that's its size. But that's the size. It's fully grown. Really? Dog, a dog at, at, at 12, 12 to 14 months, dog is already fully grown. Wow. Yeah. They're, they're considered an adult at that point. Wow. Some people will argue that uh, that's not the case, uh-huh. but... I mean, technically, it is. It's yeah. it's an adult. I, man, I swear, it's like a cross between a husky and a wolf. It, it just it's adorable. It, it looks fucking badass dog. You know. <laughs> now, I just got, now I got to bring them home to my other two, my my, my white German Shepherd and my my seventy five pound Belgian Malinois. Damn. And uh, but I, they're they're very good with other dogs. They're, are they? Yeah. Well, that's good. They were just around a baby kitten and perfectly fine. Wow. Like literally a baby yeah. kitten, and they're just like. Just looking at it like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> so. All right. So then, uh, which brings me to another question. Okay. How old? You're good? Yeah. Okay. How old uh, to, to start training your canine? So like, for instance, and and this is where, okay, I'm going to use my girls as, as an example. Now, when I say my girls, I have two German Shepherds. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'm not training an actual human <laughs> daughter or anything. <laughs> I have two Shepherds. And you can tell they're they're both fully bred German shepherds. Mm-hmm. One of them looks like the normal Western German shepherd, and it took me a while because I thought that the other one was a mutt, but it's not. It's, not. it's more of the European, mm-hmm. and it took me a while to learn that the bloodline, even though it still stays in the system, right? So I was all like, but it's very different because you get some that have, and I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. You have some that have the straight back, uh-huh. and they have the slope back. Right? Okay. And that's how you can tell about number one breeding, which is if I don't like slope back. Okay. Uh, because it's more prone. Well, all it's German like, shepherds are. It's prone almost to, like inbred. Exactly. Okay. And, and and all German shepherds are are prone to hip dysplasia and hip issues as they get older. Okay. Right? Because of their activity. Right. And especially depending on what kind of work they're doing. Okay. So, but anyway, go ahead. Okay, so with my two girls, I ended up getting them, and I didn't know this because they were actually bigger for their size, and they started doing certain things, right? They they were actually eating the mom's dog dry dog food. So the owner, hold on just a minute. All right, sorry about that, guys. Uh, oh crap! All right, sorry about that, guys. We uh, <laughs> there was a knock at the door. My coworker was coming over, and he brought over a, a dog. Uh, looks actually like a husky slash wolf type uh, dog and um, 
Rick here is going to go ahead and, and, and take them in and train them and actually keep them. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll yeah, see. Hopefully. Well, we gotta, I got to see, see how, my other two, how my other two are going to uh, uh, deal with this because my first one got really jealous when I brought the second one in. Oh, crap. So, so uh, this is a whole other... <laughs> oh, the third here. one. Now we have a three and then they're going to be like, just bring it in straight, Dad. <laughs> so, but yeah. All right. Good so point. then um, we're talking about uh, how old to... how When is a good age to start training the dog? Ten weeks. Ten weeks. Ten weeks. It depends on where you go to. So some people will say ten weeks is too young. Some people will say ten weeks is just fine as long as they have their first set of vaccinations. Right. Okay. Here in Texas, your dog has to be four months old in order to get the rabies shot. Yes. Okay. Uh, At minimum. But they get the Bordetella and everything else. Right. At starting at ten weeks. Okay. So ten weeks old. Okay. And I think that's the, honestly, I feel that's the most optimal time because they're curious. They want to, they want to uh, please you. They're right. Especially depending on what breed it is. Right. They want to please you. They want to, they want to uh, make you happy and they want to be happy. And they, you know, training is not something that is, uh, training a dog is not something where it's got to be work. It's not work. This is fun for them. And you have to make it fun for them. You have to make it fun. In order to keep them motivated, yeah, you hear them crying. Yeah, <laughs> you probably hear that yelp in the background. We don't have anybody tied up. Nope, it's just a, it's, it's, it's just, just a, a new dog, dog, and we put him in the kennel for right now so we can finish the podcast. <laughs> um, so we uh, you said optimal is 10, 10, ten weeks. weeks. Yes, but ten okay. weeks I think is uh, is the earliest I would suggest mm-hmm. because now they have their beginning of their shots. Um, so if anything happens, you get nipped, you get bit, or whatever. Right. You're not going to catch anything, right? Obviously, they don't have the rabies shot, so it just depends on the people. Right. And that's it. Now, I I've worked with dogs at that age, and I I personally think that it's a great time to start working with them because, like I said, they're still in that puppy stage. Right. But they're learning a new skill set that is going to they're gonna it's gonna stick with them for. A, their entire life right and they're willing to want to do what you ask for them and they're metaphorically and literally hungry right to please and for treats so if you're using treat training then we can easily get them motivated with right. treats or if they're toy motivated with a toy whatever we right. have to find out how to what communicate with them and how, okay. what, what motivates them cool so I teach people how to speak dog basically basically yeah I want you to be able to Understand how to understand your dog, how to talk, how to get them to understand you and talk to each other right. and communicate. It's like when, when our when our babies are born, we got to figure out. Right. Are you crying because you're hungry or because you pooped your pants? Right. right. No poop. All right. You might be hungry or you're just tired. Just, we got to figure it out. You hear him oh, howling. Oh my god. <laughs> he may have to go to that ranch. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna put up with that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But it, great dog. I mean, beautiful. beautiful yeah, he's a beautiful dog. looking oh dog. God, he's beautiful. I was I was actually thinking about taking him in myself, but you know, again, I got my two girls, and I'm like, yeah, probably not. Just I mean, because they should. You they, never know. You well, never know. I mean, my, I mean, yes, I have a house and a yard, but to me, I feel like it's not big enough just for my girls. You know, I, I take them out for walks. We we're constantly, you know, either going jogging or we're going walking. 
Um, and then I try and spend at least 15 to 30 minutes working on just sit down and stay, you know, not going after the treat and um, leave it, leave it, you know, until I say break and then they go after the treat. The dude's howling. It's funny. I wonder if we should just bring them in here. Uh, <laughs> we we can. I mean, I can. I mean, I'll just hold on to him, but I don't know if this I'm is going to interrupt the uh, sound. And maybe, and maybe he'll jump. Ah, I'll be all right. He'll be fine. He's fine. <laughs> so, um, so like with the girls, okay, since I got them, I got them, they were close to like four and a half to five weeks. We oh. didn't, we didn't know because I was. That's early. That's early, right? It's supposed to be six months or more. No, no, six. You can get them at six weeks. Six weeks? six weeks yeah usually about six weeks is when you can wean them off the mom and you can take them in okay now typically people wait eight nine weeks because then you know it's a little bit later and you can start training as early as 10 right right so right. closer to that date and then we can start working, start working on them yeah so but typically yeah it but it also depends on the dogs i mean yeah and and the mom and the mom uh, right you know i it, and it was funny. The only reason why we said that was because the dogs were actually, the puppies were were actually eating the dry food with the mom at that young age, right? Four and a half to five weeks. And so it kind of like threw us off, or, well, threw the owners off. And when they, when they were telling me, I was like, well, okay, okay, maybe they are six weeks. I don't know, right? So I was like, okay. So I took them in and they were pretty good. They were a good size for their age. So when I took him to the vet, the vet said, "No, they're they're too young." And I said, "We have to wait another, you know, a few more weeks before, like, we, can before we can vaccinate and whatever." I'm like, "Crap, okay." Well, they were also had a lot of fleas, so I had to figure out how to give them a bath. That oh, yeah. because you can't do the collar or you can't do the the drops no. right to get the fleas off. Yep. So I'm here looking at home remedies, and then I find that apple cider vinegar and water. You know, spraying them, spraying the dog, and give them a good bath with Dawn kills the fleas, yep. right? So I ended up doing that, and that worked out great. Yep. But after that, and I got to start getting them vaccinated uh, right at six weeks. I want to say it took them uh, an extra month and a half. So they're about two and a half months when I actually had them potty trained. I said the same thing. That's awesome. I mean, they were like, fuck, man. These girls were catching on quick. That's awesome. And, and I was on top of it. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, we're going to feed them. I'm going to feed them at a certain time. I'm going to give them water at a certain time. So now I know it takes a while for it to digest. And by this time, they have to go potty. You know what I mean? And then I cut, you cut off everything and then you for the cut rest off. of the night. Exactly. People actually pay me to get this information. <laughs> People actually pay me to get this. They're like... People actually pay me for this information, and I, I sometimes I feel bad about it. Right. But I'm like, I got bills too, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you do. You got bills to pay, so you got to charge. Yeah, this you got yeah, This, your this living. is my. This is my livelihood. Exactly. Um, I. The fact that you actually you did your work, you did your homework, and you yeah. you invested the time and you took it seriously. A lot of people don't, man. No, they don't. A lot of people don't. A lot of people, you know, they're like, well, I work, you know, all these crazy hours. And sometimes I have to travel, uh, you know, and I can't take my dog with me all the time. And I got this dog, and now I got to rehome it. Right. I'm like, well, aren't you the asshole? Exactly. Think about this. You should have thought about that before you got a dog. And so I, I actually do education where I tell people, all right, I ask them, what's your lifestyle? What's your work like? What size home do you have? 
do you have a house or an apartment or a condo? What what is your living conditions? Right. What are they? Okay. Well, you want this dog breed? Not going to work for you. This needs a lot of work, a lot of playtime and energy to dispense. They need physical and mental stimulation. Right. That's a big deal. German shepherds, they need both. Mental and physical stimulation, bad. Right. Because if not, they start start, uh, tearing up stuff. Chewing. They start chewing. They start uh, digging. They they have to release that that stress. So this is all self-rewarding gratification. Exactly. They're self-rewarding. They're finding things that they enjoy, and they're like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this, and they start doing it. Right. So I I tell people, I'm like, you don't want that, especially when they say they want a Belgian Malibu. I'm like, no. "No." This is just what they do, period. They're like, they tear shit up. When we we get Belgians, we have specific foster families that have rooms designated just for those dogs. Just for those dogs. To tear shit up. Wow. Furniture, whatever it is. Yeah, because they're teaching them to be working dogs for Lackland. Oh, shit. So we actually have people here that take these dogs in. They have designated rooms and furniture and equipment to teach these dogs to chew. And just to go and just chew go, and just tear shit just up? Just tear things up and enjoy and play games with them. Playing wow. tug, doing everything. I've got a, I got a picture in a video I'll have to show you, and hopefully maybe you'll, you'll post it. Oh, for sure I will. But when this is back when I was in Germany. I've got puppies, Malinois puppies, about yay big. Uh-huh. And when I yay, I'm, I'm saying yay big with my hands. Like people, <laughs> like people see, see what we're doing. Yeah. Like a chihuahua. Yeah. Like a chihuahua <laughs> size. The size of a chihuahua. And if not smaller. And they're hanging off my pant legs, hanging in the air. And I'm literally, <laughs> I'm standing on one foot. And I've got four of them just hanging they're on. Hanging on your pants. Damn. And just tugging back and forth and going at it. Because that's what they do. Because that's what they're bred for. And that's what they do. Exactly. And I tell people, I'm like, you do not need this breed. No. If you've never, just because you saw it in a movie, you gotta understand that's thousands and thousands upon thousands of, of dollars of years training and, and equipment training and training. And money. Yeah, that's why I tell people like, oh, John Wick, and you know, like we yes. mentioned before. Like, no. And like I said, that's the whole reason why I, I got my girls, right? Yeah, <laughs> because but you I was met like, the right, you met, but, but your sister met the right guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure, and, and man. your nephew met the right person <laughs> and introduced us, which is awesome, because now you have the person that can actually help you with that. And, and I, I, and I would to do it. really, really appreciate it. And at yeah. the same time, you know, it's like, again, people, I mean, if you, you have to understand that you have to do your homework, too. Yes, I work crazy hours. I'm up in, a, in at at five in the morning. I get to work before seven. I, I'm there for eight hours. I come home. I have to make time. And like I said, I make time for my dogs. We go for walks. I spend 15 minutes a day working on the training. And that's still they're eight. They're only eight months right and that's now. That's not even. That's not even a lot of time. And it's not a lot of time. Fifteen I, minutes. That's not a lot of time at it's all. It's not because they could go on for 30, 40 exactly. an hour. Depending on the threshold that they that they have until they get bored. Exactly. So I mean, but at least you're doing it. Yeah, I'm, doing, I'm something. doing something, right? And then of course I feed them. Like I got to the point now to where I put the I fill up their dog bowls, I hold them up, I look at them, and I say sit, and they sit, and I put the food down. And before they, you know, because one of them gets excited to jump for the food, yeah. and I said no, sit, and so they'll sit, and they stay sitting. But I don't, and, and I made this mistake. I should have used a different command. The command I use now is break instead of free, right? I don't, I don't know if it's a bad thing or a good thing. Same thing. Okay, so I say break, and then right away they go to the food. If I do a treat, I make, it, I make them wait until I say break, and then they go towards the food mm-hmm. or the treat. So 
the 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 whole concept is even though I'm not taking even though I'm not spending 30 minutes or 45 minutes on training I'm still doing training throughout the day feeding giving water taking them out even while we go walking and I'm working on the like if I'm uh, open the door and they jump out and I say sit they sit well I close the door I'm still doing the training while I'm still doing other things so if anybody, since nobody can see, I'm sitting here shaking my head up and down and agreeing with him <laughs> and smiling like a fool because this is what I tell people. Training isn't just saying, all right, I'm going to do, we're going to work on these tasks for one hour or 30 minutes or whatever it is, right? Right. No. Training is, anytime I tell my dog to do something, that is training. That is training. So the fact that you do that and you recognize that no this is this is training no matter what i do whether i'm feeding them or we're going for a walk and i tell them sit at the door don't don't bum rush the door and right. break out right i'm still training so you're right 100% and i tell people this i'm like just because i trained your dog for 2 weeks straight right doesn't mean that you have a push button dog that you don't have to do your part and you just stop exactly no. No, people your still have portion, to do their part. You have to do it every single day. Anytime you tell your dog to come to you, you tell them to come. They need to come. If not, you need to correct it right. and get them to come to you. You tell them to sit. If they don't sit, then you need to correct it. Tell them to sit. That is training. That's right. And, and he's doing the hand gestures as well. So <laughs> it's sorry. like, yeah. I knew, right? It's like, we're just talking and you're talking to me. But I understand. You're doing the hand gestures at the same time that you're trying to correct your dog. And it takes the time. You have to take the time to do it. Mm-hmm. That's bottom line. That's all. Just for basic commands. Okay? Basic command. When you get into advanced commands, like he was talking about, it's more, okay, we're going to jump it up a level. We're going to do more hand gestures. We're going to do uh, uh, more follow through. And, you know, you start working more with the dog. If you want your dog to to go into that area of okay i want my dog to protect me while i go for a walk we're going for a walk together we're going on a hiking trail and if i'm going solo i want my dog to be aware of all my surroundings you have to start off with the basics and then go into an advance and heighten up their skills and then you move on to the next level which would be more advanced training right well and and this is the point where i tell people i'm like when people ask me why does it cost so much to train a protection dog I tell him, I said, look, the price, and I did this, I did this a couple of times before, and this is why I don't really do it too much. I understand. People. Minimum amount for a protection dog you're going to find is 10000 I got a buddy of mine that's got two miles right now, 10000 a piece. Damn. They're trying to find, they're trying to find buyers. Easy. Damn. And, and that's, that's cheap. That's cheap? And I've 10000 a, a, a dog? That's cheap? That's cheap. Fuck that. And I've, I've Sorry. offered... <laughs> I've offered five grand to people. Wow. And people are like, oh, that's too much. I'm like, oh, if you only knew. <laughs> My buddy that just got his, that's getting his fourth book published right, right now. Right, right, right. Um, he's got a guy that's in his club, um, his uh, KMPB and his dog training club. Uh-huh. And uh, all they do is bite work. But his buddy's got a male and female, 10000 a piece that they're trying to sell right now. Wow. And that's that's the low end. Literally the low end. That's really the low end. Gosh, damn. damn. So when I tell people, they're like, I'm like, this is how much it's going to cost. This is how much training is going to, how long it's going to take and what we're going to do. And they're like, oh God, 
And I'm like, but that doesn't even mean that your dog will fit the criteria. Does your dog, can your dog do it? I don't know. I don't know if your dog can do it. Right. You still have to evaluate. I got to do an evaluation and an assessment. Those look very differently. Um, You know, I have them, I have the person hold onto the leash. They become a post. The dog can go back and forth, back and, you know, forward and back. And I'm doing what I like to call the creeper, where I'm creeping around corners. I'm kind of poking out. Right. Or I'm, I'm. Uh, feigning aggression towards them, so I'm stomping really hard, or I'm making loud noises, right. clinking uh, bowls together. Okay. And this is how we pick dogs for certain jobs, like when they're puppies. I want to find out who has more, who's more uh, willing to go and investigate. So we take pans, we'll drop them. We're not banging them on the ground. Right. We're just, just gonna lightly drop them and let them clink around and see what dog comes over and investigates, and see which one retreats and runs away. Gotcha. And that's how we start picking dogs for aggression. Uh, amongst other things, I mean, right. there's other there's other things that in details that we do and and, right. uh, and testing that we do. It's not just that, but that's one of the the, the steps. We don't, you know, it, service dogs. I need to make sure they're neutral. I can't have a dog that's going to be afraid of other dogs or people or uh, pulling and aggressing and trying to right. investigate them. I need a dog that is very neutral and just kind of calm, like chill. Whenever you paying attention to the surroundings. Whenever you meet my. Uh, uh, Bacardi, my uh-huh. Belgian. Whenever you meet him, he would be a perfect candidate for a service dog. Now, I don't like mouths being service dogs, but I'm making him mine. I'm going to right. go through the motions and get everything else done, and I'm going to make him mine. Uh, and just quick bit of information, guys. There is no authority and certification. There is no licensing and IDs that are required for service dogs, right? There's no registration and official registration for a service dog. Okay. Whatsoever. And I have to... A certain a certain former... A certain bar over off of uh, 1604 <laughs> and Babcock <laughs> called Hills and Something <laughs> told me that I couldn't bring my service dog in. Really? Which is a federal crime and a federal offense. It is, because they're not even allowed to ask you if it's a service dog or not. Well, no, they can ask if it's a service dog. Really? They can't ask you what service it provides. Okay. So, is it a service dog? Yeah. Okay. What service does it take, provide? That's, and that's the illegal question. And that's right the there. illegal question. Okay. Exactly. And they said, well, the owner said, and I know, the, I know who the owner is because I used to work security at all three, or two of three of his places. Okay. And uh, I was like... We'll call him out here. I was like, I'm sure he'll remember me. I said, but uh, just because he said no pets, I said, this is not a pet. This is a service dog. Right. It's a service for me. Right. And uh, they wanted to give me a lot of issues and, and uh, threatened to call the cops. And I was like, oh, please, go ahead. And I was like, I, I'm more than willing to go through all that. <laughs> and I was like, just to prove a point. Because right. I deal with this. I I, I I train these. Right, right. I right. know what I'm talking about. I was like, go and look at paragraphs such and such, and you know, and I I haven't pulled it out. I haven't had my lawyer on speakerphone. <laughs> and of course, my lawyer is my stepdad. <laughs> so <laughs> it's just it works. That's it's even an easy better. Call. It's but, an easy but they, call. They, they still told me they're like, well, now that you're arguing with us, we're telling you to leave because you're arguing with us. I'm like, but you're committing a federal crime, a federal a right. federal statute, a federal offense. I said, that's what you're doing right now. I said, technically, I could have you arrested, and we could have them arrested, and this place shut down. Right. Because he said, no service animals to you, apparently. Right. Which I doubt he did. I doubt that the owner said that. 
You know, you know what's what's bad about, and I'm not going to mention the name either. Well, what's bad about that area is that there's a lot of college students. And well, there, and, 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 certain and, colleges and, right across the street, right uh, across the highway. Yeah. Exactly, and the college employees, and they don't know any better. Yep, they no, don't. They don't. They yeah. don't. They're they're just young and dumb. Well, you and, know? And, but the thing is that this was a grown man. This was a man that had, works at several other locations. Really, they should know better. And I've told people, look. If you don't know what the full statutes are when it comes to service dogs, don't say anything. Right. I've worked in environments where I've had to tell people, you need to take your dog out of the store. Yeah. And they're like, what's well, my service dog? And I'm like, well, okay. I said, I'm not going to ask what service it provides. I said, but the owners, managers, retailers have a right and the authority to say that if the dog is a nuisance or the dog is not performing its proper duties. Right then they are allowed to ask you to leave the premises until the situation has corrected itself. Correct. Which I did. And like, and I, and then I, I and then I, I, sometimes I've taken it a step forward and I'm like, well, who trained it? Because I know most of the people out here. Right. Well, and I'm a- how long did it take? Well, they trained my dog in six months. Oh, really? Because your dog's a year old and uh, the dog, <laughs> as I said before, Service dog training is not cookie cutter. No, it's not. Because there's certain disabilities that they have to uh, tend to. Uh-huh. You know, so mine deal with, uh, both of mine, I right. trained to one for daytime and one while I'm sleeping. Oh, wow. And that's what I've worked on. That's what you worked on. And for me. For me right, 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 right. And um, I get somebody with a puppy and I'm like... It, it, it's not. Yeah, it's Please not. Please just, just stop arguing, leave. Exactly. You got your dog in a purse... It's well, a purse, a, a stroller. Pulling, it's not looking. It's not, it's not paying attention. attention to you. It's, it's pulling everywhere. It's, exactly. it's aggressing towards other dogs. <laughs> I had I had a lady that had a pit bull. Had My pit bull. God. And this pit bull was a legit service service dog. Really? It was. Yeah. And I said, "You see how that pit bull's re- uh, behaving right now? Uh-huh. Not paying any mind to yours or anybody else's dog. Staying next to her, being neutral." I said, "That's a service dog." That's a service dog. I said. Yours wants to go over there and do all these other things, and it's like it just literally peed over here. Like, yeah, not a, it's, not it's, a like it, dog. it's making a mess. I said, I have the legal right to ask you to right. take the dog out of out here. Wow, uh, and people don't understand it, and, no. and and they think, well, no, I just call it a service dog, and then it's it's okay. Yeah, until, until it bites somebody, until which it, it's happened. Yeah, it happened on a plane. Yes, I don't know if you remember hearing about that. I heard about that. It's just a, it's a mess, man. People don't understand. It's just like, well, it goes into a whole bunch of yeah. Other it shit. goes yeah. We can go down this dark. We can go the down rabbit the hole. Road. Yeah, <laughs> this fucking rabbit hole yeah. into a whole bunch of mess. Yeah, and we haven't even gone through the rest of the questions. I know, right? We, we still gotta, got we like gotta get, we got to get through those <laughs> before this turns into like a three four hour podcast. Okay, so what are the advanced commands? So advanced would be anything that if I move. So it's all the basics. But now, instead of letting the dog sit there for three seconds, because I know they're going to break right. in the beginning, right? Right. Now, I can tell them, sit, stay. I can walk out of the room. Okay. And they're still I, doing that. And I come back, and they're in the exact same spot. Okay. Now, if I tell a dog, sit and wait, and this is how I train a lot of people. Are, everybody's different. Right. So, and, and not to knock on how anybody else trains. I, tell them, I just tell them, all right, wait. Then they can walk around. Do whatever I leave the door open. The only thing they can't do is they can't cross the threshold from 
let's say this concrete floor to the to the uh, tile or to the uh, wood floor. Carpet. Yeah, I got you. Wood floor, right? Okay. So they have to stay in this area. Gotcha. Wait, excuse me. They have to wait in this wait area. Wait in this area. Yep. Okay. So, so uh, the difference between stay and wait, right? If you guys were paying attention, and okay, so stay. They're staying in the same spot. So if I yeah, if I so he's walking around. Lay he's, down. Sit or lay down. That's stay. I want you to be in that exact same position, that same spot. Till I, I get come back. back. Okay. Wait. Able to roam you, around you the can, room yeah. and the small area, and then, but they're not leaving that area. Exactly. Okay. So let's say I'm in the kitchen and I tell him to wait in the living living room. Right. Well, you wait over there. You don't come into the you kitchen don't come until into the I kitchen. tell you to. And see, and that's what I'm working on, because the girls love to go into the kitchen. And then you end up tripping over them. Yes. I, I trip over my dogs all. And time. I tell them out of the kitchen yep. I say out and maybe I'm using I am using the wrong command but they at least they, they go out and then they actually sit across that threshold yep. waiting to like go over there yep. or till I say something so out if you say out as long as you're not using as long as they're not protection dogs or so I use out when I tell my dog to release something out of their mouth I gotcha okay anything okay. that's in their mouth uh huh out out okay Anything that is distracting them, leave it. So whether it be a person, another animal, right? Uh, food, leave it over here. All right, out. Give me what's in your mouth. Let it go. Let whether it go. it's your toy or anything. Right? So how about when you say for? Because I also use that command out and outside or potty for letting them go outside and potty. So I took. So for that, for me, what uh -huh. I do is, all right, let's go outside. Let's go. Let's let's outside. Go potty. Let's, yeah. go out potty. let's go outside. Potty. Yeah. Whatever. Who wants to go for a walk? Who wants to go potty? Or even uh, a non a nonverbal cue, a physical cue, is just grabbing the leash. Because as soon as I do that, man, they, they get, get hyper, all excited. Right? Yeah. So you've taught your dog that. Yes. You've taught them. When I grab the leash, it's work for a walk. We're going, going somewhere. We're going somewhere. We're doing something. So we, as pet parents, as pet, you know, people that have pets, inadvertently teach our dogs certain things we don't realize mm -hmm. whether it be good or bad. Gotcha. So it's just like us. What we never we learned from our parents is good or bad. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, like I had, you know, I, I had to learn to be to be a better to be to be a very non super strict disciplinary type person, and I, you know, I learned that from growing up with my family. So <laughs> I've never had to lay a hand on my kid in any kind of way. I don't. We don't discipline like that. No. 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 We we've never we've never disciplined like that. I, <laughs> thank God too. My son is. I, I could go on and on about him. He's, right. He's amazing. Um, and everybody says that about their kid, right? Yeah, pretty much. Everybody does. Pretty but much. Like I feel like I legitimately have this amazing young man who. <laughs> I'm like. I remember there was days when he was 15. He was. He would message me and he's like. Hey dad, you know, or hey papa, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, what's up? And he goes, oh, I just got back from drinking with my friends. And I was like, are you drunk? And he goes, yeah, a little bit. And I'm like, does mom know? And he goes, no, she doesn't. She doesn't. She doesn't. She hasn't recognized it. And I was like, well, then you're fine. You're, yeah, you're good. good. You're, you're doing something good. <laughs> of course, when he turns 16, obviously in Germany, it's legal. It's legal in Germany. It's yeah. all right, guys. So just just keep that in mind. His son's in Germany. My so son lives like... in Germany. My son's German. <laughs> so he had his own birthday party with drinking and his friends over and everything. Yeah. And he does that now. He's about, you know, going to be 17 soon. So he goes out to bars. He goes to pubs and, and, and whatnot. Um but his mom still doesn't know when he's been drinking because he, he, he's responsible. He's responsible. He, he, he's, he's, yeah. 
So, and he's not like me. He doesn't get all borracho. And, you know, so. <laughs> it takes me a bottle. <laughs> it takes me a bottle. I mean, I could actually drink half and I'm, I'm good. But as soon as I have a full bottle, I'm... I'm what, yeah. what, what is this one again? Uh, we're Can drinking blends. Okay. We're uh, drinking blends. Okay. Yes. Right. And and I actually have to be careful with no, that. No, no, we don't need any more. No, no. I, I still got to drive home. Yes. This is very smooth and very good. Yeah, it's a good whiskey. Um, it's, it's an expensive usually whiskey. Usually about this time after that much in two glasses, I'm usually like a little schweckle and I'm just like... <laughs> so it's, this is actually perfect. Um, actually, and I this is... I know a lot of people disagree with it. You know, you're supposed to drink whiskey straight. And I know we're going no. off the damn subject again. Drink no. whiskey straight. You know what? I put it on ice because I like my whiskey cold. No. And then on top of that, I'll go ahead and add a little bit of water. Because why? I don't want to get all shit-faced exactly. on the first two drinks. So I want to take my and time and enjoy it. Last. And it, I need to make that last. Make that last. Because I had to really, you know, that was a gift. And I got to save it. <laughs> right. Tell me about it. I used to... When I got back from my first deployment, I had I bought a bottle of Patron Platinum. Oh, okay. That shit's expensive. If you ever get Patron Platinum at a bar or at a club, it's $20 a shot. Easy. Yeah. I bought a bottle. My friends would come over when I was living in Germany, and I was like, oh, no, this is a gift for myself. I was like, if you want some, I was like, 20 euros a shot. They're like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. this is a $500 bottle. <laughs> yes, I'm dead freaking serious. Uh, we're not doing this. No. I'm not just giving this away. I spent $500. Yes, yes. You know, 300 Look, pounds. I'm not going to lie. I'm really stingy with this. Oh, good. I just like you enough to go ahead and give you some. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right, so All what right. else you got for me? So, uh, okay. How do you train your canine to protect your yourself and your family? Right? I mean, that's a... I know we've kind of probably gone over it a little bit here we and did, there. We, but, we, we touched a but, little bit on it. Yeah. So, but, but how do you really like, okay, for those who are not really dog trainers and think that they want to be dog trainers, just because you're listening to this podcast and he's sharing information doesn't make you a damn dog trainer, okay? So if he's, if he's giving out some information, please, you have to understand he's a professional and he's supposed to train your dog for protection, okay? I'm sorry, go for it. No, no, I'm glad you said that because one of us was going to have to because people... People think, oh, I, I taught my dog to sit. I'm a trainer. Yeah, no. You know, so have it. There's psychology. There's there's behavior analysis. There's 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 so much more that goes into it. Right. So much, and I don't even know everything. I don't. I I am not at the top of my game. I wouldn't be considered a master trainer, even though I've been doing this in some form or fashion for 17 years. Right. Right. I wouldn't even call me a master trainer, but you have people that come off the streets that buy into a franchise for dog training and then they go to a weekend course and then they right. come out as a master trainer air quotes <laughs> air quotes okay and meanwhile I've had people that wouldn't that I've worked for wouldn't post my bio because my bio is better than theirs ah uh, it happens there's a lot of resentment out that, there there is and when there's when it comes to trainers and handlers there's a lot against each other right everybody yeah. wants to be the best everybody exactly. thinks they know what they're doing I'm more open to the fact that I don't know everything. I don't. Right. I still learn every day, and I learn from other people, even people that have been doing it less years than me, but also, obviously, the ones that have been doing it more years more than years me. More years than, yeah. I, I, you know, I learn every day. I still read every day on, on you know, different things, especially uh, books on that I've read before, but I forget some stuff, and I need to go back into it. So, 
How do you train your dog for protection? Well, we're here to find out if your dog is capable of wanting to do a bite and if they're invested in biting and holding on. So playing pool. Right. Right? Pull, tug. Tug, whatever. Right. Finding out if they are if they are committed to holding on to that bite. Gotcha. And then building up on that further and more. Further and more. And if they're not able to go ahead and hold on to that bite, they're not protection dogs, right? They're not going to be willing to hold on to a bite. Now, gotcha. if I have a dog that likes to bite and tug, now we're going to throw in, a, a, and I'm skipping a lot of phases here because I don't need to give everything Right. Up. No, don't give everything up. Um, now we're throwing in touching the dog, patting him on the side. Does that get them to break off the bite because they're like, oh, you touched me. Right. All right. And then from there, we go into more distractions running over plastic bottles, running over cans. Gotcha. Or we have curtains made out of bottles and cans. Okay. And they have, we, we rattle that. Rattle it. And in it... front of their face, they have to run through it. We give them a bite. We have to see if they're willing to pull the pull on the bite sleeve or on the bite tug. Right. And willing to commit to it. Right. And then we build up from there. Wow. And then we, like I said, once again, now we're adding in um, bamboo sticks right. that are split at the ends and they rattle when you shake them. Right, right, right. Now I'm tapping the body uh-huh. or I'm taking a foam, uh, some, something made out of foam that does the same thing, tapping on the body. Tapping on the body. Right? Right. Now I'm, once I build up from there, I got the dog on a bite, on a bite sleeve. Now I'm, I'm patting their, I'm patting their face and right. their muzzle, trying to, and I'm patting the, and, and caressing their face. Right, right, right. But, a bit a little bit harder not 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 aggressively and not where i'm hurting them we never want to hurt dogs because right. i do not want i do not want them to get hurt exactly I, I'm, I'm i'm obviously doing this to make a dog that's going to protect me and i need it to last as long as possible right and but what, you, what you're doing is that you're causing distraction to see if either they'll let go of the bite or not exactly okay and i've had dogs i've had dogs where we've we've ran intentionally with food in our pockets toys uh-huh. in our pockets and we're running and we're dumping everything out and they're ignoring it all because really? they want that bite, they get to it and they hold on. And then we've, we've gone to the point where, you know, we're, you're hitting, you're, you're slapping. Really, we're, we're, I mean, right. we're not hurting them, but we're slapping hard enough to, to get them distracted to get and, and, and they're getting fired up more. Wow. They're they're like, it's a game. Right. It's, we got to make this fun for them. Right. And they're like, oh yeah. Oh, you're, and this is how I am. I get, when I, I've been punched in the face. Right. It fires me up. Yeah. I don't, I don't back down. I don't, I don't move back. I don't move away from the threat. No, I actually get more motivated and I'm like, oh yeah, let's go. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Cause now it's real. And that's what we teach these dogs to do. Right. And that's how we teach them. Now, all of the basic intermediate and advanced commands have to be there first. We cannot right. just start jumping into this into and then expect them to learn. Right. I need to be able, I need my dog to understand out. Okay, so then it goes back to what would be a good age range to teach a dog protection of the house and the family. So if let's say you got your dog at ten weeks. Okay. All right. You started from the bottom and we're working our way up. Huh. Eight months. Really? Eight months? Yeah. Eight huh. months. I've had a dog that was a year old that's come to me. Wow. While I was in the military. Right, right, right. That's interesting. Because it, it doesn't but, take long. It, it doesn't, doesn't take long, take long to long. teach it. But at the same time, it also depends on the dog. Well, and that's why we right? do assessments and right. we pick them out. You do the evaluations and, and, and when, they're, the when they're puppies. Right. Um, okay, so how do you pick a dog as they're, when they're puppies in? 
So I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip uh, a few a few <laughs> phases in what we do. But yes, please. Dropping the pan, right? Right. I need to see how curious they are. Do they get scared of loud noises? Okay. If they don't and they're coming towards it, all right. Let's move them over to the next phase. All right. I'm gonna flip them over on their backs. I'm gonna hold them. Flip them over on their backs. If they submit, that means that their their bellies are showing towards me. Unless they start fighting and they want to get back on their feet. Uh-huh. All right. Good candidate. Put gotcha. you over here. All right. I'm gonna show them a toy. I'm gonna let them get used to the toy, and then I'm gonna take the toy and I'm gonna go and I'm gonna probably put it right inside that hole. Right. And let them see and see if they want to get to it. If they right. want to get to it, then they're yeah. pretty much yeah. Because then I, now I know that detection right. That's detection uh, orientation right there. I want to make sure that they can they they see where it went and they want to get to it. Wow. And they're doing everything they can. Okay. Um, there's a lot of little tests that we do to figure these things right, out. Right, right. That's that's badass. That's bad. That's and actually it's for badass. any job. It's for any job. We have different tests that we do for any job, but this is the assessments that we do. Right, right, right. So. Okay, well, see, I mean, shit, I'm learning more as we go along here, and I know that off, you know, when we're done here recording, I'm sure you'll share, you'll share more with, oh, definitely, <laughs> with me, for definitely, sure. Because we got to train yours. Exactly. we got to train yours. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, uh, we already went over hand signals, so we're like, that's basically all the questions that we went through. Yeah. Basic, simple questions. A lot more info than actually what you know what we were gonna share. But you know what? It's good because when it comes mind. to, and you don't mind, that's, and that's perfect, man. I really appreciate that. And but I did a podcast a couple of episodes ago, and I talked about home invasion. Okay. And I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. I think Not I yet. sent it I, to I, you. You sent me, yeah, you sent me one, but I'm I'm on the Q and A right now. Oh, okay. I'm on the Q and A while you guys were in Vegas. In Vegas? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in Vegas, right? I talked about how you know just certain questions here and there, but I did an episode of of home invasion. Now I talked about home protection. Okay. Now I I did say that if I for home protection I, that you know if you. If you carry a firearm, that's great. If you use a handgun, okay, fine. Take training, learn how to use it. Shoot center mass. You don't need to go for a leg or an arm or whatever. You're or shooting the head. or the head. Shoot center mass, and okay? Just keep shooting and just keep mass. shooting. Exactly. Now, I'm not really one for handguns, but I'll go ahead and have a shotgun and I'm going to make sure I blow a hole in whatever it is that comes through my house. You use a spreader or fucking or use a buckshot. Exactly. Or I mean, not a buckshot, but a slug. A slug, right? Now, I mean, there's times where I would go Jamaican, right? If I'm going to load up my shotgun, I'll go birdshot, then buckshot, buckshot. right? And that's, and when I say Jamaican, I'd be like, birdshot, buckshot, 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 birdshot. <laughs> okay, so then my third option, my third option would be a canine, okay? To me, I actually feel like the canine should be number one because they alert you when someone's near the house, they bark, They'll growl. They'll if they have to. They'll if they're trained. They'll come towards you to wake you up. They're ready for attacking. What do you say? Talk to me. Definitely, I would definitely go. So dogs sense of smell, hearing, ten thousand times better than we as humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm exaggerating that number. That I I have to go back and look at my books and everything. But right. obviously, way better. Right. Uh, I've seen a hundred thousand dollar dog go into a pot of stew in the middle of a field and pick out the tomato they were told to get, <laughs> and that's it. And bring that only that back. Hundred thousand dollar dog. Damn. So, yes, 
uh, my German Shepherd, she barks at everything. People walking, going to work, or whatever, walking the stairwell. Uh-huh. I get, I get low, I get barks, and she gets loud, and I'm sleeping, and these people are going to work at four in the morning, five in the morning, right? right? And I'm just like, quiet. <laughs> And then she'll start doing low barks. Low barks. Yeah, she does that. <laughs> the other one, he'll come over and the Mal, he bumps his nose next to me. Right. He'll push. He's you. quiet. He's quiet and he's stealthy. He comes over and he goes. He starts bumping uh-huh. against my arm and my face. Uh-huh. Wake up. Some. There's some going there's on. Some going so, on. All right. He's he's my he's my smooth operator, and that's what I yeah, that's what yeah. I, 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 I start calling him that because he's he's my he's my. <laughs> Your quiet, ninja. My, He's my, your ninja. My quiet professional, as we call him <laughs> in the special forces, right? Right. The quiet professional, and that's what he is, because he will not bark. Wow. Not, I mean, at all. He comes over and he's like, and he taps me. He taps you. Hey, yeah. shit's popping off. I think let's let's go let's go investigate. Let's go check it out. So we do that. The other one will alert. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, definitely having a dog for home protection. Whether they can bite, but they like to bark at any sudden noises, right. great, whatever. Because then at least you know what your dog's capabilities are, and then you know, all right, do I need to grab a baseball bat or whatever, whatever it, is it is that I like to use as a home uh, protection protection tool. Right. Um, and it's funny how you say that. As long as it, you know they're barking, they're they're letting you know. Now before the girls, I used to have this. And he was old. He was. I want to say he's probably he was ten close to 10 to 11 years and he was a, a chihuahua but he was dude this dude was was like he was a deer-headed chihuahua he his body was about the size of a terrier but he was full-blooded chihuahua right i don't know if me giving a blue buffalo was a good choice because it just heightened his muscles you know <laughs> he got fucking huge anyways it's a lot of protein it was but he barked at at everything that came near the door. Well, that's also Chihuahua behavior too. I mean, it is, yeah. you know. And he was a really a good home protection what? dog. I'd be surprised. I mean, I was able to take him out, and he was chill. I could we could sit outside on the front porch, no leash. Be good. Be good. Yeah. He won't even go nowhere. He'll just sit there and just watch everything go by. And if something come near the house, then he would a little, uh, uh, little just a little one. A little warning. A little warning. And, and he was actually man I missed that motherfucker but anyways I love chihuahuas dude. my son and I love chihuahuas <laughs> I used to have an applehead teacup really like two three pounds <laughs> yeah lived with my other German shepherd that I had at the time yeah 70 I think he was like 70 75 pounds damn and they lived together I mean they slept together and everything wow perfect little family man I just family. weighed my girls they're about 55 57 pounds I was gonna say they're a little under sixty, but I can see. Yeah, it. yeah. They're, they're, they're but you got one that, that looks like it likes food a lot. You know what's funny? <laughs> she's she, she she's looking like one of the uh, one of the, one of the San Antonio ladies that I see at Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna that's I'm gonna kidding. get us in trouble. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> my look, my little fatty. Jesus, I'm gonna tell you this. <laughs> my little fatty. She's fifty seven. She's fifty seven point fifty seven point one pounds. The other one. Is fifty six point one, only what? one pound different, bro. What? I'm serious. So you see that body mass? I do. That, I was okay. That's crazy. And that's why I was saying, I did. I I was actually figuring out. I was like, there's a Western Shepherd and an Eastern Shepherd, yeah. and it all falls in the bloodline. Yeah. Well, the fat one is not really. It's not like fat. It's that Eastern German it's Shepherd line. It's stocky. It's solid. And but I'm she's gonna, But she's gonna look 
really as they get bigger, yes, look better and better and better. Dude, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her ears and to pop Actually, you're up. gonna have to give the other one more food and protein intake. Really? To be able to to not look so skinny. Right. As they get as they get bigger. As they get bigger. Height. Yeah. You know, and I give them blue buffalo, but at the same time, oh, and man, people I gotta, after this, I'm gonna have to tell you just yes, please switch because it's way too expensive. It is for 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 I'm the spent, amount fit, that you get. Yeah, fifty five dollars a bag. Yeah, I bribe. Yes. H-E-B. What? Same, same, same thing, better quality. Really? Yeah. I, I spent $25 for a 50-pound bag. Okay. You have to tell me later. Heritage Ranch. Yeah, man. Really? I, bro. I, uh, are we allowed to, am I allowed to say that? Plug? Go ahead. Uh, fuck it. Yes, plug them like that? I mean, no, man. Cause it, we're talking about canines. We're talking about taking care of our canines. Heritage Ranch from H-E-B. If you're anywhere in Texas that has an H-E-B, Heritage Ranch dog food, Amazing. Any of those top breed, uh, top brands, um, dog food like Blue Buffalo right. or Blue Diamond, it's the they got better quality dog food and ingredients than that, and it's cheaper. Really? Yeah. Now look, every now and then I'll spoil my dogs. I'll go ahead and, and pull out some deer meat and, and hell yeah, you should give them some deer meat and meat. Or, I throw raw, I throw in raw eggs and I throw in raw meat. I do a raw diet. Uh huh. So I go and I buy them chicken. Really? And I got a recipe for wet dog food that, so you don't have to buy wet dog food, but I got a recipe of wet dog food. You spend like 10 bucks, maybe, for a month's supply of wet dog food. No oh, shit. Yeah, man. I, I'll give you that after the show. Man, you guys, I'm telling you, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like the luckiest MF right now. <laughs> this guy is awesome. Because I, right. I, 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 this is all I do, man. Like, yeah. like I, literally my dogs... Well, I told you earlier, I didn't yeah. bring them here because I didn't know how your dogs would react. Right, right. And I didn't want to cause any friction. We don't need any distractions. No, 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 no. But my dogs are, they get along with everybody, but they I, they go everywhere They with go me. everywhere with you. Everywhere. And that's I go how, to the, if I go to the bar. Right. They go with you. Yeah. And I let them loose and people people love it because I sit there and, and I, I give demonstrations. This is how I get clients. Yes. I whistle. They run from the other side of the bar. They come back, come over, get in front of me or next to me and they uh-huh. sit. And then I tell them, all right, down. Or I just give a hand command. Right. And then I'll give them a hand command to sit again. <laughs> and then I tell them, all right, shake. And then I'm like, all right, yeah. So this is what I do for a living. And people are like, oh, man, here, let me give your phone number. You know? And you know what? That's good marketing. I mean, no matter what, that's good marketing. Yeah. And videos. If you do videos and you post them on your I need to post. I need to do more. I, okay. Because it's only me by myself. I need to do more. And, and I need to get out I, there. And I... I, I, tend to get, I, I, I tend to slack because I focus more on my clients and everything else. Right. And I'm just like, I've already got so much freaking stuff to do. No, like, I hear you. I hear I mean, you. It gets tiresome. It does. It does. I mean, look, I'm a one-man show when it comes to doing this podcast, right? And so it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of patience, okay? And doing the whole me doing private lessons once a week right now or trying to work a workshop, right? If I go and start advertising for workshops... And in doing the podcast, it becomes a full-time job. How do you market it? It's very difficult, but you have to focus one thing at a time. And if you're like me, where you're like, you want to do multiple things all at once, it's not going to happen. And that's me. And that's and you, Especially because right? yeah, I want to monetize and I want to exactly. be able to bring in that monet. I want to be able to monetize. And if anybody says, well, you should do it for you know for fun or podcasting or whatever, no, you want to make money off of you doing do. what you do love doing. But... but it does take time right i mean i enjoy this i love doing this does it take time from what i'm doing or my family or my dogs or whatever yes it does 
but you know what i have to make time for this just like i make time for everything else and then you gotta isolate it to where okay i want to focus on i'm focusing on one thing let's start off with the podcast all right now let's start off with the second thing let's let's do the website for the podcast okay you know what let's try social media right and when you're doing social media well shit that goes a whole different branches out into a whole bunch of things because then you start doing pictures or you start doing videos yeah. and you start trying to say uh, uh instagram you start all those hashtags yeah right i'm still learning the hashtag and oh, like me, I, me too and like, right. I, like i told you i'm a fucking caveman when it comes to all this shit so hey, I'm, I'm in my late 30s about to i'm, I'm reaching my 40s too man like, <laughs> bro, I, my sister who's way older than me is like oh you need to put these hashtags for your for your videos and she's teaching me and i'm like <laughs> okay all right and my sister owns her own business really yeah out here in san antonio yeah oh, she shit. has her own uh towing and recovery business okay it's, uh, uh new era towing okay yeah new era towing uh here in san antonio so anybody that needs uh any recovery or, or anything look up new era towing all yeah. right so i want you i know you've been plugging your friends and your sister and everybody else but I want you to plug yourself, bro. I want you to go ahead and give your info. Your, right. your Facebook, your Instagram, your website, if you have one. Your email, a way to get a hold of you. Uh, yeah, then, so my, yeah, right. let's go. Let's yeah, my email is uh, SpartanEliteK9 at gmail.com. That's my email. My uh, my Instagram is uh, the dot or period, real Rick James. Um, and then Rick James... And three sevens on uh, on TikTok, and then my Snapchat. What's it, what, I don't even know what my Snapchat is. <laughs> I gotta figure that. I gotta let's see. Oh yeah, Rick James, MWD Handler, MWD Handler on on Snapchat. Um, I try to post as much as possible. My Facebook is uh, Richard James, and it's. Uh, you should see if you've got everything else you can match the pictures up and see what I look like uh, and then my uh, my page uh, for my training is Spartan Canine uh, Academy on Facebook awesome and it's a uh, colorized yellow shepherd with a Spartan helmet so shouldn't be too hard to find no 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 I mean uh, if anything this is what I'm going to do I'm going to go ahead and share your links all your links onto my social media as well. I appreciate and, it. And, bro, I'm going to tell you, look, guys, I know you guys are following me, my listeners, my followers. Hey, I really appreciate you guys. Please spread this word on dog training, uh, especially for learning and teaching your dog's basics so that they can take care of your home front or when you go walking or go hiking. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to necessarily carry a weapon all the time. If your canine is there to protect you, he will do it. And Mr. Rick James here will go ahead and help you train your animal to go ahead and protect you and your loved ones while you go and do certain things. But again, he's got to evaluate you too because it's not going to be just all free and you're not you're you're misusing your your training. We're not going to do that, okay? And we got to make sure the dog fix can can actually do the job. Exactly. I mean, we got to make sure the dog can do the job. You know, and if it's just basic obedience or or manners or whatever you guys are looking for uh i cover a whole wide range of of things underneath the uh, the dog umbrella i guess right dog sporting umbrella um so you know anything that you would like uh we can talk about it um and you know just you know i guess 
Reach out. Yeah, reach out. Give a <laughs> shout-out, guys. All right. So, again, you can find mine, Attack the Attack 360 podcast, on uh, .com uh, for the website or attacktheattack360.com. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram. And, again, I'm going to p- uh, post and share uh, all his info as well on my Instagram and my website. Um, on Instagram, it's attacktheattack.360. Uh, on Facebook, it's just my name, Jeremiah Cook. Uh, Facebook won't allow me to use the word attack. So I have to, yeah, you know what I mean? It's that whole... Dude, it's getting, Facebook is getting so stupid. It is, it is. But you know what? We have to use it because of social media. Yeah. All right. So, uh, on top of that, it's free advertising. And at the same time, you can also email me if you need information at attacktheattack360 at gmail.com. All right, guys. We're done. We're we. This was an awesome podcast. It was over an hour. I'm gonna tell oh, you, yeah, it was over, over an hour, an hour. Yeah, and it's yeah. gonna take me some time to edit yeah, all this. Yeah, shit. I was gonna say that's you gonna know? be a long one, to edit, man. <laughs> man, I've really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. This was this oh, was man. so awesome. Thank I you, wait bro. To hear it and, and just and, and have my friends uh, come and subscribe and listen to this. Oh, for sure. So Once I get it all squared away, I mean, I'm sending it to you. You're yeah. gonna go ahead and, and you do what you want with it. It's it's yours, right? Yeah. So, and then, uh, all right, guys. My, my, my podcast getting ready to start. And you know what? That's stuff. cool, man. I'll, I'll share all the information uh, and help you along the way of getting this started, too. Outstanding. All right. All right, guys. We are out. Have a good one. Be safe. God bless. Watch your 360. We're out. Nice.